Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish podcast. We are going to be starting the Aeneid. Aeneid? Aeneid? Aeneid, right? I say Aeneid. Sounds good. I'm like, I I was committed to that, and then I was like, hmm, I don't know if that's right. (laughs) But we're back with Jade from About a Book podcast, who you will probably recognize from all of our Greek mythos right now. You you can't get rid of me. You can't get rid of me. (laughs) <laughs> if I want to talk about Greek myths, I have to call you. It's yeah. an obligation at this point. <laughs> Next I'm happy to be here, though. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. It's I'm excited. It's this one's kind of. I'm already not sure how I'm going to feel, but mm. um, I am ready to talk about it, and I like being able to talk to you. So yeah, I mean, this fun. is kind of the the final one in like the the triad of like. Mm-hmm ancient you know good myths oh well dante's inferno as well but that's not really like linked in with the trojan war um but yeah let's jump right into it oh we should probably say as well that we're reading the um fitzgerald translation what's the full name of it what's your man's name uh robert fitzgerald robert fitzgerald yeah and um also pronunciations out the window you know don't uh don't call us out also it's important to note that the Odyssey and the Iliad are both like Greek texts, but this is written from a Roman point of view. So it's using all the Roman names of the gods. So that's definitely going to be confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so bear with us on that as well. Um, I actually, I'm in this uh, mythology group on Facebook and they put up a chart the other day of like what all the gods are, like the equivalent of in different like world mythologies. Mm. And it's been very helpful as well since I work in like yeah especially since I work in like the Celtic museum as well at the Celtic uh, mythology museum it all kind of like you know Mm -hmm. it's good when someone from like a different culture comes in you can be like oh this is like the equivalent to Zeus you know what I mean yeah makes sense I like that idea because this it's a bit rough because I'm like I have no idea I don't know who Jupiter is still no idea I should have probably googled Jupiter Jupiter is um Zeus I thought Jove was Zeus. Are they just like same name? I'll check my middle chart. We're already getting off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that Jupiter is Zeus because Jupiter is like uh, the biggest planet, I think, isn't it? Um, I have no idea. I, was, I had this issue because like and when I was reading my Iliad translation, they referred to Zeus as Jove. So in this one, they kept saying jupiter and i'm like i don't think i know who jupiter is and there was one time where they said like ruler of the skies and i was like is it zeus but then who's jove or is it like one of those things where it's like there's many names i have no idea it just says yeah it just says roman jupiter and then hellenic hellenistic whatever you call it the the greek version basically Mm -hmm. is zeus so as far as i know like i'm no expert but i think jove is the the another name okay because in in i don't like don't quote me on that i think you know when i was reading it i was like thinking of zeus it made sense um because in these books that they kind of have a few different names for the same gods like different kind of like titles or descriptors for them so i don't know we'll see how we go already getting off to a great start but uh, (laughs) as we do people are going to be reading it confused so they come onto this podcast to like help them understand it and we're just going to confuse them further oh yeah great we're gonna we're at this point uh just to get right off we're gonna be like broad stroking this 
Um, if you want super good literary literary analysis, wrong podcast. We're here for the memes. We're here for enjoyment yeah. and the memes. Like if you're reading it and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Tune into this podcast and yep. you will feel less stupid. Yeah. Cause we're right <laughs> there with coming, you. Like I studied this for like my leaving cert, which is like the A levels. I'm not sure what the American equivalent is. What what are your exams called? Your finals, like uh, your final just exams. finals. Oh yeah. Well, it's like your senior senior the exams to get you into college basically. Oh, like I ACT, SAT. Yeah, SAT. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I studied it for the SATs. And I still don't know what's going on. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, it's just we're gonna have a great time here. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. We'll get through but, it. Um, let's jump right into it. So mm-hmm. as we discussed, we've already covered the Odyssey and the Iliad, which are both written by Homer. And the Iliad covered the Trojan War, um, but it didn't really include, you know, the big wooden horse that we're looking for. A little bit disappointed in that, you know what I mean? But the Odyssey was what happened after the Trojan War. It was written from a Greek point of view. And it was about Odysseus, a Greek hero, going on a journey that took him 10 years, going back to his home in Ithaca. Mm-hmm. And now we're reading the Aeneid, which is written by Virgil. And this is basically propaganda. It's basically like the Odyssey fan fiction. It's propaganda that was written during a time of political unrest in Rome. Um, because when this was written, the Roman Republic had pretty much been abolished and Augustus Caesar was taken over and people were not happy about it. So he was kind of buddies of Virgil and he got paid. I think he paid him, not totally sure if he paid him, but he mm. basically got him to write this epic that would kind of help him gain support with the people in Rome. And it follows the story of Aeneas who was a hero in the Trojan War, but from the other side, from the uh, the losing side, basically. Mm-hmm. And it follows his travels to Italy, where he founds Rome. So it's about, it's about this Trojan guy going from Trojan War, this hero, and he comes to Rome and he founds it. And it's kind of supposed to say, like, Augustus was uh, a relative of this guy, and it's trying to back up how... Augustus is like the rightful emperor mm. you know just okay. to stop people from trying to like rebel and like put his head on a spike he's being like oh no this book is saying that like it's divine like I'm meant to be here like I'm related to all these great people and Aeneas is also supposed to be an ancestor of Romulus and Ramus because that's kind of like the other story of how Rome was founded so mm. he kind of tries to like connect the two but then you know who was Aeneas? Aeneas was the uh, um, Aeneas was the son of a prince named An- Anchises. How did you say it? A-N-C-H-I-S-E-S. I that's yeah. Basically, I was kind of just like in my head. I was like, that was a word. Anyways, yeah. But Aeneas was the son of a Trojan prince named Anchises. I'm going to say, and his mom was Venus who mm-hmm. you'd also know as Aphrodite. So he's kind of like a demigod, but mm-hmm. not quite. And Aeneas is also the second cousin of Paris, the dude that started the whole Trojan War. So he has those links there. And as I said, he's also a relative of Romulus and Ramus. And the name Aeneas actually means terrible grief. Oh. And 
Venus named him terrible grief because she was so upset when he was born because he was born like immortal and obviously mm. he's gonna like gonna die and she's like really upset about that so she named him terrible grief brutal uh, and Virgil worked on this story for over 10 years and by the end of it he still wasn't satisfied with it and when he was on his deathbed he demanded it to be burned but obviously it wasn't and we have it today well yeah I love that so that's a little, a little introduction. Um, so obviously this one's different because it's written from the tro- from the not the Trojan point of view too much because mm-hmm. it's kind of based after the war, but it's kind of what like a, lo- a hero from the losing side did after. I like the idea that basically Virgil's friend was like, hey, I'm paying you to write this self-insert fan fiction for me. Oh, it totally is. And like you'll see, like, like I'm no scholar, so I'm not even picking up on all the stuff, but just from mm-hmm. reading the odyssey and the iliad i can see how he's like blatantly copying homer in ways like the introduction of this book he's like calling the muses to help him write this epic Mm -hmm. which is exactly what homer did in his stories yeah and then he also uses uh i have an english degree but i can't remember what it's called but you know and they say like uh you know uh wishy athena athena or like you know Oh uh, yeah, the same descriptors kind of. Yeah, yeah, descriptors. Yeah, there's there's a word for it. I can't remember. I can't remember it either. Epithet or, epithet or something? I don't know. Um, but yeah, he copies him a lot in the story and also in his like writing as well, which is yeah. interesting. Did you see they also happen to go to the island of uh Scylla and also the Cyclops Island? And he's like, Yeah, yeah they also went there. So Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, and like yeah it, it and it's it's really funny we'll talk about it when we're talking about chapter one but he kind of like no sorry chapter book two it's in when they're talking about the trojan war and the horse and everything mm-hmm. he like writes it from the the trojan point of view as well yeah. you know he kind of he tries to flip the script a little bit so it's yeah. quite interesting he tries to convince people that this is like just as legitimate as homer's stuff and i guess nowadays because the reputation it kind of is but uh let's dive right in i guess i know uh, so book one, we have A Fateful Haven. So, you know, we don't really get much context. Like you said, they didn't really tell us the name first off, um, but they were calling the muses to write this story. And then someone's trying to get to Italy is basically what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Also, they make sure to say that this guy's a fugitive, uh, which <laughs> when, I guess when you lose a war, you are. But like, yeah. it's it's funny because it's like they kind of, when they say that he's a fugitive it's like implying that he did something like really like horrible a a bit and like it's trying to like set you up to have this point of view this guy like he's like an underdog or that he's like hard earned or something oh that's definitely yeah you know and it's like even though even though he's the son of a prince like yeah you know and he's he's totally in a privileged position to be like having this destiny and Mm -hmm. being guided by the gods to found this new great city and another little fun fact is do you know why this book has survived so long even though like it it, you know he wanted to be burnt and everything Mm -hmm. it survived for so long because christians kept translating it and republishing it because they believed that this book was kind of talking about this great new son who was going to come and bring like peace on earth and found this great like uh what's called nation of people Mm. and they kind of thought you know they could kind of read jesus into that so that's why they're one of the big reasons why 
this book did become so famous like it's the test of time the worst thing is i'm not surprised yeah i'm not surprised at all i'm like yeah that yeah. sounds like something christians would yeah. do i yeah. i see it <laughs> um so then they kind of go on to say that this guy suffered a lot of losses in war uh and then uh you know they're just like setting the scene for us so then we go and hear about like juno and who is hera uh is just like really angry and so she's like only cares about this town called carthage and she's really still mad at the trojans and like all this stuff uh just like really i guess they're like setting her out to be the bad guy which i feel like is a bold choice yeah true i can see that you know it's like i feel like in most stories zeus is the bad guy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so it's like weird to see hera be in that role just because it's like well i guess hera is the bad guy in some of them because she's like a jealous wife when i mean all the gods are kind of bad yeah to be honest (laughs) yeah it's just weird that they're setting her apart like everybody was kind of rooting for the achaeans rooting for the achaeans and then suddenly it's like only hera that still cares which is weird yeah yeah because it's like her, her team already won i don't know why she's still like mad at these achaeans or these uh trojans for existing maybe they're just trying to like make her look bad because she was on the other side maybe or it's virgil and it's a woman and maybe yeah you know, <laughs> let's be honest um virgil so- sounds like virgin you know Ayo. <laughs> <laughs> oh you can't be slagging anybody with a name like that virgin so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so i guess they're trying to find rome um but juno is like making it her life's mission to keep them from italy as a whole yeah it's kind of like um poseidon in the odyssey you know mm-hmm. oh like, yeah uh, in all of these stories the protagonist has a god who loves them and helps them and a god who hates them mm-hmm. so it's interesting we'll explore that a little bit when we're reading it but oh yeah, yeah. i do think too it's like i i mean this is the first one that they've gone outside of like greece islands you know what i mean like Mm. with homer they were very still stuck in greece so it's like weird seeing rome get thrown in here i'm like whoa that's outside your like play map area and and carthage and book one that's Mm. modern day tunisia i don't know where that is off the top of my head to be honest me neither but (laughs) sounds good (laughs) i did english in college not geography (laughs) same I had to go Google where Belize was the other day too because someone was like, I'm staying in an all-inclusive resort for in Belize cheaper than I can stay in like an all-inclusive resort in the States. And I was like, hmm. Okay, <laughs> let me go. Let me just take a peek. <laughs> and then it was like, it's over in I think like South America area. Um, I don't I Someone then said to me it's in Mexico, which hold on, let me just double check this before I like say some lies on the internet. I love this podcast because it's so chill. Because sometimes when I record other people or like I'm recording for my own or something, you feel like you need to know like all the answers or something, you know? Yeah. You need to to, like come across like you know what you're talking about. But on this, we're just learning together. It's great. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Belize is not in Mexico, it's its own country. 
in Central America. So there we go. Not in Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's its own country. I'm glad to know this now. But yeah, this is what we come to the very bookish podcast for. Chill vibes. <laughs> Google. <laughs> yeah, I've been in a couple recordings where it's like, they're like, oh, what all do I need to have repaired and everything? And I was like, nothing. Show up and let's have memes together. Yeah. It'll be fun. <laughs> That's my goal is just to make this fun. Yeah, we're both texting each other. Well, it was nighttime for me. I don't know what time it was for you. And you're just like, I saw Jupiter. I mean, I saw I saw Juno. <laughs> I did not think you were going to respond to me because I texted you at like eight o'clock at night, which means it was like the middle of the night, right? It was like 2 a.m. for me. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, she'll respond in the morning or whatever. And then you texted back and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was up reading Cersei. Oh, oh yeah. I like Cersei, didn't you? Or how are you yeah. feeling? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I prefer, to, to, I prefer it. I prefer to Song of Achilles so far. Oh, really? I'm like oh, just over halfway through it. Yeah. Mm. So that's another reason why I'm going to be confused with the gods because I have like the Greek names in my head. Yep. Same. I mean, I'm thinking about reading A Thousand Ships. I've heard is really, really good. Oh, yeah. Me so, too. Or the, um, I think Madeline Miller did it maybe, but uh, Adrine, Adrane. Adrian, Adrian? Oh, Ariadne. Ariadne, thank you. Yeah, I want to read that too. Wrote, I think I think that's a different author, but is I really it? want to read that as well. Mm-hmm. But I do know that Madeline Miller is doing a book on Persephone and Hades. So excited! And yeah. then everyone's like saying that I, I saw quite a few people who are like, "Hey, you know, remember that she's going to do it close to the mythology." And I'm like, "I know. That's why I'm excited." And like everyone's like, it's not going to be the romantic love story. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. (laughs) I can get a romantic love story if I want a romantic love story. I want (laughs) this. I want whatever Madeline Miller gives me. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Me too. So it's um, like if you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to work at Greek mythology, her books are a great place to start yeah. because all the gods and everybody mentioned is like their own self-contained thing. So you don't mm-hmm. need to have loads of like background information to like enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. And anything you need to understand her story, she gives you, which yeah. I like. And it's yeah. it's like the perfect jumping off point because like these are hard to get into. And like, if you're not taking time to discuss it with someone else, I think it's a lot more difficult to read oh yeah like the only reason I like know these stories and actually like understand what happens is because I've done them in school because if it was up to me just to read that like they're they're dense books like yeah. you know and the way yeah. they're written and everything and as we discussed when we're doing the Odyssey and the Iliad these books were written in like poetic verse because they're meant mm-hmm. to be said aloud and like memorized so that kind of gets lost in translation as well yeah and yeah it just becomes harder to to read so i know translating it always gets weird like there's a lot of me that wish i like i wish i knew ancient greek just for fun it's like i wish i knew a lot of dead languages like yeah if i could just be downloading it into my brain we would i would translate it for you yeah. i don't know <laughs> that'd be fun but i cannot have that option because i have to actually study it and that's not happening so i'm terrible at languages me too i took french and i confused myself too much so i have like two years of french that are kind of useless but i did go to paris 
and I attempted to use it. And then they looked at me, laughed and said, oh, we, we speak English. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like whenever you go to like other countries, you, like usually uh, mm-hmm. the people like want to practice their English on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was like in downtown Paris doing like touristy stuff. So like one of the common languages of Europe is just English as a standard. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not going to be that person that I'm going to go in assuming everyone speaks English. So I literally walked up to this guy and said, oh, bonjour. And he goes, oh, American, you can go in that line over there. They speak English. And I was like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) thank you. And I just walked over to the line head down very embarrassed i studied german in school and then obviously i speak irish as well because it's like our native language mm-hmm. it's yeah. not gaelic a lot of people think we speak gaelic in ireland we don't it's irish i always assumed that it was irish and then someone mentioned gaelic to me and i was like i have no, no idea what that is no, that, that's that, that's just a pet peeve of me when I'm working in the museum. I'm talking about like, oh, this is it in Irish. And they're asking me Gaelic. And I'm like, no, like we have like Gaelic sports, like Gaelic football. Mm-hmm. We have like Irish language, you know. Okay. So Gaelic or is like, never or like, a language. Or like, you, well, like you say Gaelic, like Gaelic is Irish and like, like we say like Osgaelga, that's in Irish. Like mm-hmm. we learn Gaelga in school, like that's Irish, but not Gaelic. Mm. So is Gaelic then like a, what, what is Gaelic then? Gaelic would be like Gaelic football, Gaelic sports and things okay. like that. But okay. Gaelga is language. Like Gaelga mm. is the Irish language. Okay. So it's more of like a verb then. I guess. I mean, I'm not very good at Irish, but that's like how it's used in everyday language yeah, like yeah is verb the word i was looking for i don't know it doesn't matter it's fine we went on a tangent <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go it's, back it's, to and we're talking about uh juno mm-hmm. and we're talking about invading rome and yeah yeah and then they get to like this part that kind of confused me where it's like i they say jupiter's like petitioning the sea to get them off course uh, but no one seems to really want them to reach this destination. But it's like trying to figure out exactly who's talking to who most of the time is a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it says like there was a terrible storm, and like you, they make you think that it's Zeus that's happening, like making this. Turns out that it's just the winds are like, hey. What if like we made this really bad storm to get them off course? Because I guess Juno reached out to them and she's like, hey, wouldn't this be fun? <laughs> and then like Neptune sees this horrible storm happening and he gets angry. He's like, this is literally my ocean. How dare you try and like mess with it? How dare you try and c- create like a sea without my, like not a sea, a storm without my approval. And I was like, well, <laughs> But like Neptune, Neptune slash Neptune slash Poseidon are the scariest to me. Like I know yeah. Zeus is the most powerful, but like you really wouldn't want to be messing with Poseidon slash yeah. Neptune. I don't know. Okay, I made this poll last time, and I said, "Who would you oh, rather?" I remember be mad? this. Yeah, yeah. I still am like iffy. Like 
I don't know if I'd want Zeus or Poseidon mad at me. Like those seem like rock in a hard place to me. Yeah. I think I'd probably go for Poseidon. Yeah. Because you can avoid the water a lot easier than you can avoid the air that you breathe. Yeah. But yeah, I would never get in a boat. Like if I found out God of Sea is mad at me, you would not ever see me even glance at a boat. Yeah, no, like ancient Greece, but especially they believe like not only in the gods, but in all those monsters as well. Mm-hmm. Like, and the the sea was just so much more unknown than it is today. There's no way you'd find me in a boat. <laughs> no, definitely not. I would stay on my little island and vibe. I would never <laughs> get on a boat. Like, especially like you tell me this and you tell me that these stories are factual. No, no. <laughs> Mm-mm. like absolutely not no thank you and like you, it doesn't seem like you know the gods are mad at you until you do something wrong mm-hmm. and then you're like oh whoops yeah and they're always changing their favorites and they're always yeah. picking people to be their favorite very randomly so yeah for sure um and then like while this like really bad storm is happening the captain like talks about how he wished he just died during troy he's like yeah. it would have been better had i not been like subject to this which is like worse now that you like i've read the second book and like know kind of what happened in troy for them mm-hmm. but i'm like Ooh. uh so then like because of this moment a riot breaks out in olympus which i think is just hilarious of an idea (laughs) what does that look like you know what i mean that's what you're saying when you did the odyssey and iliad we're like we just like the god the bits of the gods are the best Mm -hmm. like the gods just like up there chatting giving it about humans and with their popcorn doing little votes oh my gosh you make him die (laughs) Hands yeah <laughs> they like do a cahoot of like yeah. <laughs> should we kill him today <laughs> whoever wins this cahoot round about his life gets to decide if he lives or dies <laughs> it's actually that random <laughs> yeah it, it feels like it truly but i i like the idea i would wish there was a story just of the god moments during the trojan Madeline war Madeline, Madeline miller get on that literally it's oh i actually i meant to say to you mm-hmm. when we we're doing the odyssey i think we we're talking i think i said oh i wish there was like a book about like penelope like penelope's like point of view like mm-hmm. she's hardly in it there is margaret atwood wrote one and oh, yeah? after i said that my boyfriend bought it for me for christmas and it was really good mm-hmm. so if you want to read it's also a novella it's only like 130 something pages what is so it? if you've read all the basic myth retellings and you want something new you want something with like a little bit of a feminist edge definitely mm-hmm. check out the penelope page by margaret atwood okay hold on i'm gonna write it down it's about penelope and like her life when odysseus away and then it also talks about um the slave girls that were murdered at the end you know when odysseus like mm-hmm. uh is against the suitors mm-hmm. yeah after he kills the suitors he also kills like 12 slave girls yeah so all about them that'll be a fun read well, well it's, it's quite sad but like i know but like it'll be fun to talk about <laughs> but it'll be like emotionally ruining 
yeah <laughs> I just I like the idea of like getting a different point of view again so I yeah excited. I should definitely put it on my like bookstagram because I feel like a lot of people don't know about it because I had no idea I I'm a huge yeah. Margaret Atwood fan so I have not really read a lot of her stuff yet so I think this might be my first Margaret Atwood book because I need to read The Handmaid's Tale but it just hasn't happened that's like one of my favorite books as well and I really like this because it's very similar so if you read this and you really don't enjoy it you'll know you won't enjoy that but if you do really enjoy it then you think you would definitely enjoy The Handmaid's Tale so yeah we were talking about doing The Handmaid's Tale on Patreon with one of my friends but it just hasn't happened yet because they mm. kind of went through a lot of stuff so that's fair hopefully sometime soon yeah. and then I can read it yeah <laughs> So uh, then the Trojans find a shore and they all lay down exhausted and they're like covered in like sea water. I'm just imagining they kind of like walk out of the ocean and just flop straight <laughs> on the sand, sand <laughs> everywhere. Like that's just my uh, imagery. But like yeah. one guy, like they all flop down except like one guy who's like, okay, I'm going to start a fire. I'm going to hunt seven deer. You know, you all get cozy. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> There's always that one friend on holiday, you know, mm-hmm. that's just like super organized, wants to see and do everything. They are the one with the Google Maps. They're the one that knows where they're going. I would yeah. definitely be one of the people that face plants onto the land. Same. Same. <laughs> like I it's like definitely there's mom friends. I currently don't have a mom friend right now in my friend groups. So I feel like we'd all just end up on the beach. Hungry. oh my gosh you, you need to you need to outsource one i know i'm like can i hire a mom friend like <laughs> how do i get a mom friend into the group because it can't be me i can't do that i'm like a versatile mom friend like if nobody steps up to be the mom friend i'll be the mom friend but if someone is in the group and they're like very clearly the mom friend i'll take a step back because i know that mom friends don't like to share you know yeah one they are the mom friend it's a yeah. one person title yeah <laughs> I'm on the only part like I can versatile like I'm a I do the packing like I always overpack and I always have like mom friend essentials you know so I do that but like the planning of events is outside of my wheelhouse I do not enjoy it I like going to events I like being a part of the thing but I don't want to plan anything me too me too love that for us I and you probably would friend. enjoy you know you probably wouldn't enjoy being an ace with this pressure to go find no. this whole new city you yeah know? sounds <laughs> terrible as we talk about uh, as we talked about the book then just like glosses over the fact that they saw Scylla and also the cyclopses as well which i'm like yeah okay yeah sure it's kind of did. like a it's kind of like if uh, like a if you know you know type of thing you know yeah like Madeline Miller kind of does that in her books too like mm-hmm. I find if you've read the Odyssey and like similar books in that wheelhouse they're like a lot more enjoyable because you kind of like yeah. you get the little like cameos that are made you know you're like oh I yeah. know their full story oh I know their full story so when people are reading this they're probably like oh yes oh look it's so legitimate how it links up to the Odyssey mm-hmm. but I feel like for me I'm like that's copy pasted okay oh definitely it's very much like oh shit homer i've got the homework can i copy and homework's like and homer's like okay virgil like you know just make it a little bit different and then he's mm-hmm. like you know. yeah <laughs> literally it feels to me though that he's like that one upper friend like he'll be like oh you saw scylla and she took like six year men well uh i saw scylla and she took 25 so 
I don't know. I think honestly, my life's a lot more difficult than yours. It's like the vibe I'm getting so far. So yeah, definitely. Like Virgil wants to make like Aeneas seem like the complete underdog. Like not only did he lose the Trojan War, but he Mm -hmm. still like went against Juno and he went against these other gods. And against all the odds, he founded this great city. And then Mm -hmm. he went on to, you know, have more children. And then look, our amazing emperor is here now, you know? Yeah. He yeah, did this so that our emperor could reign. It's just, it's all like, you'll notice it, especially like minor spoiler when he goes to the underworld. Um, it, there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this book and there's a lot of prophecies talking about this great leader who's going to come. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously to do with the emperor. And then people later thought it was about Jesus. So, mm. Mm, Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right yeah <laughs> so um venus is kind of goes up to jupiter and it's like hey you seem pissed at them what happened and he's like oh i'm not mad here's all the spoilers for the entire book here you go <laughs> he's like it, it, beat by beat what's gonna happen so i just like skimmed it because i don't want to know until it happens yeah yeah i guess that's kind of like if you were in I don't see I don't really know where these were performed or told Mm -hmm. but you know for argument's sake say you're in like a tavern and they're like telling the story and you're kind of like half listening and they're like oh yeah and then they're gonna go meet this big monster you're like oh I want to stick around for this you know what I mean um but yeah people definitely don't do that in movies and books these days which I'm thankful for (laughs) I know because it's like imagine you're going to go like see like I don't know like, let's go Batman, because these movies have been out forever. Imagine you're going to go see Batman, and right at the beginning, you're like, Harvey Dent becomes Two-Face. And you're like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you're like, why would you tell me that right out the get-go? Should I still even sit here? I mean, I am one of those people that sometimes, now this is like, I've never said this on record before, so I'm going to cancelled. But I am that person that sometimes reads the last few lines of the last page of a book so Ooh. It's, <laughs> so Ooh. it's it's kind of that type of vibe you know they're trying to uh encourage people to stick around and get a little hint of like a little taster of what's coming yeah that's fair i honestly have had such a hard time when i was i was reading kindred for the podcast mm-hmm. and there was one time where it's like we didn't know if this girl got her husband home or not and like i had to stop reading because it was the end of the chapter and the next page is right there and I had to be like I had to cover it and I'm like no no, I cannot (laughs) so stressed out I was like I I I can't know but um yeah so uh turns out that um our main character is Venus's son and she appeared to him uh to him but like pretends to be a casual Spartan girl and he's like mm-hmm. not at all buying it. And that's my favorite thing is anytime someone tries to be the gods, they are like, um, or like they try not to be gods and like appear like they're just casual, normal human mortals. All the gods are like, or all the uh, people are like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, like the theme of like disguise and deceit in these books is like very common. Like, Mm -hmm. usually when people are meeting for the first time, most of the time, they'll pretend to be somebody else. Yeah. 
I guess we especially saw that like in the Odyssey with Odysseus like he was known as cunning Odysseus because he was always like making up lies basically uh, but that's a whole other ballpark tune into those episodes to hear about that <laughs> yeah so then Venus like goes on to tell what's her, the name of her son Aeneas Aeneas okay I need to like actually write that down I just, <laughs> I'm just like oh it's yeah. like Odysseus it's like Odyssey Aeneas Aeneid yeah ah yeah Th- that makes sense the Iliad, uh, though, I'm actually not sure where that comes from. Yeah, I don't know either, actually. Maybe it means, maybe it used to mean something. Yeah, there's definitely some reader meaning to it, yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, Venus gets into this whole story about some random ruler whose wife's brother hated the ruler, and then so the ruler kills the wife's brother and then hides it yeah. from the wife. And I guess this is like the island that they're on, but like I wasn't yeah. really sure what was going on. And I was like, yeah, so they've landed in Carthage and she's basically talking about the the ruler there, Dido. And Dido is really cool because back then, like she's, um, I think she's a Phoenician. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. like a Phoenician uh, ruler, a queen. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what the word would be, princess. But um, she's really cool because back then there wasn't much like you know female rulers and she's here Mm -hmm. and she's like building she's like still building her town and she's a total girl boss everybody loves her and it's like a really good example of like you know a leading lady Mm -hmm. and yeah basically the reason that she is queen is because her brother killed her husband wow yeah yeah i oh her brother killed her husband i thought the husband killed the brother Oh, maybe. No, no. As far as I know, she's like single. So, where they yeah. kept the husband. I thought she that, left that, that, her that would husband. make sense. I thought she like left her husband because she, her husband. I don't know. I was very confused. So, yeah, the, the, as far as I know, and what I, what I understood was that the brother killed the husband. And that's how she was able to be a leader because she was no longer like married to man. Oh, all right. And it would make sense because then, you know, she gets the hots for Aeneas. Yeah, I mean, well, she really gets the hots for uh, Amor because Amor is pretending to be Aeneas the whole time. Aeneas is like locked up in a basement or something. And you can you can still see like the similarities because Mm -hmm. Dido is kind of like Cersei in a way. You know, Mm -hmm. they like land this island and the leader of the island is like a woman and she kind of like falls in love with him and he kind of like stuck there for a while and then he Mm -hmm. remembers his purpose and he has to move on so it's kind of mirroring the odyssey still yeah plus like she's got like a band of warriors yeah like cersei did the same thing and like a beautiful gorgeous island of course but uh dido's life does not end as happy but we'll talk about that a bit later oh no Uh, so Venus says that his ships have been saved. Uh, all of his people are fine, which is good uh, because basically he has like a ton of refugees and he's like trying to get them to a new land. Mm-hmm. Um, then they like are going through the town and they find art of the Trojan War, which is interesting to me because it's like, why would there be art of the Trojan War on this random island? Who knows? Like, seems random. Uh, but, like, after they see this art, they decide to go make a plea before the queen. Uh, 
basically trying to persuade her to let them like hang out and not die yeah fair (laughs) uh so the queen's like fine i'll allow you to say i'm even gonna give you an escort so like you can pick all your people up everything and i don't know if she's famous in america where Mm -hmm. where she's from but there is a singer called dido do you know of her i do not i don't know have you ever seen love actually yeah no i haven't seen it but i've heard of it okay because her music is in that movie but you know song i will go down with this ship i will go down with this ship do 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 anyway the girl that sings that her name is dido mm-hmm. and she was she was a big star back in the 90s oh. but um yeah she's named after her interesting that's mom. cool love trivia that for, for her me? yeah i like that fun little trivia get us on your next trip you should add you should you should add the dido song to the to the show notes i will 100 if you want to listen to it it'll be in the show notes under this episode so that way you can uh learn it and hear it and then you know for next trivia night um but the queen says she'll allow him to stay and give them an escort um which is nice but then she also declares that it's going to be a festival day so they can celebrate the trojans which i'm like weird i guess but like go off i guess (laughs) it's still it's just like things are really weird about this island like why do they have a whole art mural to the trojan war more propaganda that's why probably you have to remember like thing like propaganda is placed in this book not to make sense of the story but just to get it in there so yeah. you will see like a lot of hype for the Trojans, a lot of hype about Rome, a lot of hype about like this great leader, how Aeneas is perfect, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, Aeneas must have paid some real good money to Virgil. Because <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> uh, so Venus try is trying to make the queen love her son because she's like, wouldn't this be great? Like be so fun so what she does is she appraise, uh, uh, persuades a more to make this all happen she's like okay you have sorcery go put him to sleep tuck him in for his little nighttime, and then go seduce the queen and Amore's is like well i have nothing better to do this is so sad like this is like the saddest part in the whole book like we're starting out strong because dido she's this powerful girl boss she's doing mm-hmm. amazing promising future founding this new city um Mm -hmm. and then she's just completely used as a pawn for the gods just basically for Aeneas own enjoyment and they want her to fall in love with Aeneas so he's going to be distracted and not be able to found Mm -hmm. this great city so she Mm -hmm. kind of has to fall in love with him against her own will and then doesn't well we'll talk about that (laughs) yeah I am I just I already don't really like Virgil like as an author so we'll see how that continues because this is this is just a lot of propaganda like you said Mm -hmm. so um yeah amor pretends to be aeneas uh and like gives these gifts and the queen is like super into it and then she like wants to hear all about how they got here and what happened and like i had to keep reminding myself that this is not aeneas telling this story yeah like, this is a more telling this story yeah 
So then we are on to book two, how they took the city. So then Aeneas, a.k.a. Amor, is like, yo, this is like a pretty traumatic story. I might start crying, which <laughs> I thought was funny because, it's again, he has no actual relationship to this story. Yeah. But he has to like throw it out there because he probably doesn't want to tell the story because he's like, I didn't live through this. I'm really going to have to think about it. Like really hype this up. And he's still with Dido at this point, is he? Yeah, because yeah. he's telling the story to her. Yeah. So then, like, <laughs> they finally tell the story about the Trojan horse. So now we finally learn where it's from. And I think this is really great because in the Odyssey and in the Iliad, you only hear the Greek side of it. And mm-hmm. obviously it makes the Greeks, obviously it makes the Trojans look very bad. Like, one, it makes them look stupid because they, like, brought mm-hmm. in this horse. And then, two, just hearing with the war, it makes the Greeks seem like the... Uh, you know, the better the two, the Trojans were evil. They started this whole disaster. So, you know, he's this, he's really like the Augustus, he's getting his money's worth right here. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's really getting them to flip the script, you know, it's the remix. He is yep. getting Virgil to write from the Trojan point of view. And it's it's kind of it's interesting to see it from their point of view. And oh, they yeah. definitely they definitely justify their decisions a lot more, which I'll discuss, but continue on. I know uh it was really interesting to see this like flip of the corn because basically like when he's writing this he's acting like this came out of nowhere yeah like he's like I totally unexpected you know (laughs) in the middle of a war zone for our city to get ransacked we did not prepare for this (laughs) so um Aeneas starts talking about how Ulysses aka Odysseus uh, was baiting him and turning his own men against him the whole time, which like, yeah, buddy, this is war. Yeah, and he makes he makes Odysseus seem very bad in this account, mm-hmm. which is funny because he's protagonist and Homer's thing. Um, and yeah. but Odysseus, obviously, like he isn't great. We discussed that, but mm-hmm. he is my favorite. Like I like the Odyssey is probably my favorite. Like the book, as I said, you know, reading these three books, the Iliad, this, and Odyssey you know, not that enjoyable because they are quite difficult, mm-hmm. like the languages and everything. But the actual story, like the narrative, the Odyssey is like my favorite like story ever. It's just great. So yeah. I'm definitely team Odysseus. I'm not listening to this Odysseus slander we're getting right now off Aeneas. <laughs> I, Odysseus to me gives me like the vibes of like when you have a sibling and you're like, I hate them, but you're not allowed to, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, like, that's the feeling I have right now. They're like, oh, you know, Odysseus is, like, this terrible person, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, don't you dare. Not in yeah. my house. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're like, talk crap about him, not you. Yep. So uh, then they go on to tell the story, basically, of what happened with the Trojan horse. So turns out there was, like, this guy who pretended to be captured by the, Tro- uh, by the uh, Achaeans. And he was all wrapped up. And they found him yeah. and he's like, I just barely escaped with my life. He was going to be used as a sacrifice by the Greeks to make them win the war. And mm-hmm. then somehow he escaped. And then when the Greeks left, they left him behind. So he's been abandoned. And the Trojans yep. are like, oh, okay, like you're a Greek guy. We're going to let you in. You can tell us all the mm-hmm. secrets. You gave us some gossip. So they totally believe this whole facade. And they bring mm-hmm. him in to the walls of Troy. And then yeah. this is actually all part of the plan of the Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. 
and he he tells them all about like oh yeah there's, there's this horse and like you have to like the gods are gonna like hate you and punish you if you don't bring this inside your walls like this is totally you know I've got no agenda right here I'm just giving you the gossip mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like oh my god like that's terrifying like and they're all like trying to figure out whether they believe this guy or not like there's like multiple people that are like no don't do it and then there's multiple people that are like oh yeah we absolutely have to bring it inside our walls and then while this is all happening, apparently Neptune was on their side for a minute because like a giant serpent shows up and like destroys things in towns. The sacrificial bull gets He like out. rips people into the sea and everything. Yeah. Um, like so much is happening. So basically there's this big huge serpent that comes out of the sea and like um takes the Greeks because they didn't mind this horse properly. So like, if you're looking at this from the Trojan point of view, it totally makes sense. Like they find this guy, he tells them this prophecy about, mm-hmm. um, well, not this prophecy, but he tells them this story about this big wooden horse. And then like before their very own eyes, they saw the serpent come out of the sea and like attack people that mistreated it. So of course, you know, if you're a Trojan, you're going to want to take this horse in. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. I guess, Virgil's way of like spinning the story to justify it and make the uh, Trojans seem less stupid. Yeah, which I like. And then we also saw that when we watched the Odysseus movie too. Yeah. Like we saw that serpent and I'm like, why is that there? And now we find out why it's there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's so nice like reading the three of the books because they all just like mm-hmm. link together and you feel very well-rounded you know, in, know. Your, in your in your Greek knowledge now you're going to be like we're like little Greek experts you know what I mean Greek uh, literature experts Greek mythology Truly. experts <laughs> yeah obviously we're so good with literary analysis right now <laughs> um and then everyone's like okay we'll just take the horse in like after seeing this get ran like this like serpent destroying everything yeah they bring it in and then in the dead of night the Greeks come out of this like horse and just like ransack the entire city. Like the way that's described is brutal. Yeah. And I think it's in, um, obviously it's not official because it's a fiction, but in Madeline Miller's like Cersei, she was saying mm-hmm. how like Odysseus was inside the horse with like a penknife to people's like throats to make them be quiet. Like this was like very yeah. serious. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they were in that horse for ages, for like at least yeah. the whole day. Yeah, I can't imagine. And like, then having to cut it. Imagine like imagine sitting inside a horse for like a whole like this big wooden thing for like a day, and then getting out and trying to attack people. Like I'd be falling over my legs. I'd have the worst like cramps ever. There's no way I could start ransacking mm-hmm. somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could get out and like do a little stretch because it's the dead of night. So. Oh, true. They might be able to like sneak off, stretch out a little. Do a little, do a little like, warm All up. right. <laughs> They're like, all right, everybody, you know, pit stop first. <laughs> everybody pee, bathroom break before you ransack yeah. this place. You know, like parents when you're going, you're taking like a drive <laughs> to like Disney World or something. Yeah. And you're like, they're like, all right, kids, we're st- this is our last stop. So you better go to the bathroom. Does now everybody have their weapons? Be- Nobody forgot anything <laughs> on the horse. I, everybody's shoes tied. All right. <laughs> All right, now we'll start ransacking. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're trying to fight back, but like by the time everybody gets like woken up, it's kind of too late. There's flames everywhere. Um, the city has officially fallen. 
So uh, then Aeneas is like, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And Venus is like, listen, I protected your wife, your son, and your dad. So you should probably just go home, grab them, and leave, you know, because everyone's like trying to kind of fight, but like not really. So then we also get like thrown over to seeing um Pram, the old king. Mm-hmm. Uh and like we get this horrible moment. Like keep in mind, Pram has lost Hector his uh his also son. Paris and yeah. both of his sons and then you know he's I think he's only got the one son left mm-hmm. then Achilles's son Pyrrhus also kills Pram right in front of his wife who is like huddled trying to like save the like ladies of the house mm-hmm. um and then we get like flashed back to Aeneas who's like trying to get his family to safety he's got his dad on his back his son at his side and his wife was behind him yeah I mean this is yeah it's um yeah it's it's very sad (laughs) yeah yeah he basically she's kind of lost priority a little bit yeah he was like so focused on like getting to the destination he didn't make sure everybody was with him the whole time uh, and his wife ends up getting separated and killed. Uh, and then he ends up seeing his wife's ghost. And she's like, and the thing that's interesting though, is that while seeing his wife ghost, he's like, she basically is like, you're going to find another wife, which like, yeah, the, the, see, this is more propaganda. She's like, you mm-hmm. know, it's okay that I've died. It's a big sacrifice because you're going to go mm-hmm. on to um, fan this amazing city. And you're going to get a new wife as well. So no problem about it. Like, she's not salty at all, which is totally realistic. I know. She's like, oh, it's totally chill. Don't even worry about it. Like, if my boyfriend even walks ahead of me or something, or if he's on his phone or something, he's, like, walking ahead on his phone, I'll be like, excuse me? Excuse me? Yeah, who am I? Nothing. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's... But that's all we have today. I'm excited to read more. Uh, It is... Like talking about it is making it a lot more fun, but like reading it mm-hmm. is just not the best. So, yeah, as I said, I feel like, you know, I should be getting paid by Miss Madeline Miller. But if you want like an account of the Trojan War, that's, you know, mm-hmm. more like, you know, not totally factual, but just like a narrative and you want to understand maybe what it was like. The Song of Achilles is very good for that, I thought. Yes. Yeah. I like the Song of Achilles. Um, but yeah, this is going to be more focused on his journey it's basically mm-hmm. propaganda it's basically fan fiction as we said it's yep. like a really cheap version of the odyssey yeah so, but i'm ready think, to dog on it yeah <laughs> it's gonna be great yeah yeah we, but, we can just we can just slag it the whole time you know oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> it'll be great but jade where can everybody find you and your podcast you can find me on instagram at and you can find my podcast about a book one word uh wherever you listen to the barely bookish podcast thank you so much for having me on again rachel for the third little series we're doing um guys i hope you know you enjoyed this episode because there's a lot of you know uh effort put into it because Mm -hmm. as i was saying you know when i was reading for this podcast dropped my phone the screen cracked trying to record there's no wi-fi and we're trying to move around you know the mm-hmm. zoom call dropped but we made it in the end you know it's just yeah. just like Aeneas trying to find Rome there was a mm-hmm. lot of obstacles but we made it in the end 
Truly. And we're also reading this so that you don't have to. Exactly. (laughs) We'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on literally everything, so feel free to check me out everywhere. I'm also on Twitch. If you want some extra content, please consider joining the Patreon for just as low as $1 a month. You get early access to every single episode. You get them Monday at midnight instead of Wednesday, and you also get... Um, exclusive episodes every single month. So that's kind of fun. This month, this upcoming month is going to be Percy Jackson. So please consider joining that and checking that out. Um, or tell a friend. It's the best way to help this podcast grow. And I appreciate everybody who's been listening and joining and hanging out with me. But without further ado, I will catch you all next week where we will be continuing the Aeneid. Our logo is designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux, and I'll catch you all later. Bye!